How can blockchain solve real-world problems? There's so much more to it than just Bitcoin. AI, machine learning, and the Internet of Things are all wrapped up in this bundle of revolutionary tech. Today, we're joined by Annie Chi, a blockchain and ICO marketing consultant and podcaster, to discuss all these futury things that are happening today. We love to welcome the female gender to our show because crypto needs women, and Annie over-delivers. You're going to be glad that you listened in. And what would happen if my life was a movie? Well, a member of John McAfee's talent team has created a poster that captured my essence perfectly. Now we just need to capture Mr. Travis Wright's essence. Perhaps they can make a cologne out of it. They'll call it Ode Ebod. It's episode number 256 of the Bad Crypto Podcast. Welcome to the Bad Crypto Podcast, show for the crypto curious, crypto serious. We are the blockchain blockheads, the crypto clowns, Googling or duck duck going all the things so you don't have to, because once you go bad, you never go back. We're heard in over 190 countries, about 7 million downloads, and that's all the different things that we use for the openers right there. I'm Joel Com. He's Travis Wright. Wow, I thought you were the micro machines, the micro machines man. Remember that guy? Remember the, the FedEx guy, the, the world's fastest talking man? Well, that was the same guy, the FedEx guy and Micro Machines guy. They took him from Micro Machines, and then he did the FedEx stuff. He talked. Hey, about he that. was man. I mean, that dude was able to enunciate fastly. That's true. My enunciation skills are not on par with that guy's. He is way better. You have other skills. You have Ode to Ebod. Yeah, Ode to Ebod. I actually sent out a tweet yesterday <laughs> that said, "This has been a great week. I didn't. I I didn't tell not even one person to eat a bag of dicks." <laughs> It was good. <laughs> That's for those of you who haven't figured out. That is the uh, Travis's cornerstone phrase, and Ebod is the um, what do you call the? Uh, and those would be the uh, an acronym. An acronym. Thank you. My brain is having a harder and harder time finding words these days, and mm-hmm. I'm not sure what it is. Maybe I need to like jack into a dictionary or something, like in the Matrix. Mm-hmm. You may need to. I know okay. vocabulary. <laughs> I know kung fu. We got a great show for you guys today. Going to get to it in a minute. Of course, we want to give shout outs to our sponsors, and we hope that you listen because they support the show and and they've got great products, and these are going to benefit you. Mr. Travis Wright, why don't you talk about our first sponsor? All right. I want to thank our show sponsor, LinkedIn. So when you are ready to make a hire for your small business or your large business, naturally, uh, the best place to find that candidate is on LinkedIn. And so LinkedIn Jobs, they totally make it easy for you guys to find qualified candidates who make the most sense for your role. One thing that's cool about it is I'll get on there and I'll be like, if you applied for this role, you'd be in the top 10% of the people for this role, right? So it actually tells you, uh, if you go to your LinkedIn, it shows you which jobs that you are good for. And if you are a recruiter, it will show you which candidates are best for you. So you can reach out to them, which is pretty handy. So LinkedIn job matches are based on skills, background, interest, activities, passions, all that great stuff. And matching really helps you find the most relevant, qualified candidates for that role. So go check it out. Go to linkedin.com slash bad crypto podcast. That's going to get you $50 off your first job post. Uh, LinkedIn.com slash bad crypto podcast. 
Terms and conditions do apply, Mr. Jolcom. They always do. Yeah, go check it out. And our other sponsor is Digitex. And I just looked at their website at Digitex Futures, Travis. They now have 1,185,810 people on the wait list. Of course, it'll be more by the time uh, this episode goes live. But their public launch for their zero-fee futures, crypto futures exchange, happens on April 30th. There are a lot of people waiting in line to try out this uh, um, this exchange. And they've got their own token, the DGTX token, which is already trading. And, and by using this token, it gets rid of a lot of uh, the transaction fees and withdrawal fees and deposit fees. These guys are really looking to change the game. And if you're not on the wait list by now, what are you waiting for? Go to digitexfutures.com. And of course, you can check out the token as well. Thanks to Digitex for sponsoring the show and uh, for including us as advisors very good yeah actually right now the over the past couple of months the token's been doing pretty good been well it went all the way to 15 cents then it went down to like two and a half cents now it's back up to like nine cents so it should be interesting to see what happens to the token by the time that the uh, they open up the exchange huh indeed hopefully the cryptos are thawing and coming out of the long crypto winter and soon the spring will be upon us and and there will be flowers and and birds chirping and there will be unicorn that's farts that's so great i mean when we started advising their company the the coin was 0.0088 i guess four fifths of a penny technically if you want to round that down did we do four that fifths I, don't of a penny. Think, I don't know that we did that though we're completely 100 percent responsible for that mr joel Calm. i don't know why you would assume otherwise you didn't build that. Yeah. You didn't. So true. So true. You know what? If you need us to be advisors, let us know. We can help you. All right. I'll tell to you what. your token. <laughs> You've been patient long enough. Let's go ahead and get to our feature interview with Annie Chi. And we're pleased to welcome to the Bad Crypto Mike, the one and only Annie Chi. She's a producer for a podcast called Blockchain Inside. She uh, builds partnerships and works in the AI and data science field, which means she's smarter than we are. And she manages and creates all kinds of great content for crypto and blockchain communities. And she's here to talk with us because she has things to say. Annie Chi, welcome to Bad Ooh, Crypto. Thank you for having me. Uh, nice to meet you, Joe and Travis. My name is Annie Chi. Uh, I'm a blockchain marketing consultant at Luna Digital Assets, and also um, I produce a podcast. It's called The Blockchain Inside on Castbox. Mm, great. We love to talk to other people that are doing crypto podcasts. We're like one big happy family. I, I know some other podcast genres, they're highly competitive. And you know what? Nobody is going to be another bad crypto, and nobody's going to be another Annie Chi. You're the best Annie Chi there is, so we're we're glad that you're here. Could you maybe start us off by telling us a little bit about how you got into crypto and when that was? Well, actually, um, Coin Rivet did an interview with me recently as Women in Blockchain, and they asked me um, how I got into blockchain too because uh, they kind of want to encourage more women to join this industry. So my experience is a little bit different than the other people, because at the beginning, what got me interested in blockchain was one of my friends was actually arranging a blockchain conference in Los Angeles. And 
I didn't have, I didn't know that much about blockchain at that time, but I joined to support my friend. And then um, I'm very passionate about people. I like to learn more about what everyone does and what they're passionate about. So from that conference, I learned a lot about blockchain, the potential use cases, and also uh, what the future of the blockchain could possibly be. And because I interacted with individual, I got interested in learning more about each one and how you know the projects are going to be. So that was the start how I got connected deeply with blockchain, actually. Right on. So whenever you went to that first event, right, what were some of the things that you discovered during that event that made you go, aha, wow, this is this is amazing? I mean, I worked in, I I have been in marketing for most of the most of the time, but there's a hype in blockchain that I just haven't really sensed in the other industries. I think the reason is because of like this, because the other industries are pretty much established. So everyone has explored what has been going on and what works well. You can still try out, but there's not that much uncertainty there. Blockchain on the other side is a new tech and also a high tech. So nobody nobody knows what the future is going to be. There's a lot of possibility. So when there is a possibility and uncertainty, you feel like there is a thrill. There is something that excites you. So that is what I feel is so different about blockchain. It is a brave new world. And I've said many times that it reminds me of what it looked like in the early days of the internet, that you sense you are at the beginnings of something that is going to be truly world changing. And of course, there was all this media hype that happened last year. and We saw Bitcoin hit all time highs and the crypto market it hit $800 billion. And now we're back down, you know, to earth around 120 billion dollars. What do you think it's going to take, Annie, for crypto to really start getting mainstream adoption and for the prices to follow? Um, any product has product uh, life stages. So we learn a product is kind of like a baby. At the beginning, you start to learn how to take a look at the world, see everything around you. And later on, you become a teenager and you start to think on your own way until you get mature, you kind of want to get married. So that's adult. Right now, I feel like we're still in a kindergarten. Probably at the very beginning of the kindergarten, everyone is trying to learn and we have some problems that we haven't really solved in this space. But there's still possibility that we can solve those problems and we can move on. Um, so I think the possibility of blockchain is a lot. As we're not only talking about the Bitcoin, we see um, the blockchain use cases worldwide in finance industry, health industry, and also um, something like fishing industry, logistics, and the media industry. So I've seen uh, a lot of going on. And especially right now, Last year, there was a bear market, but right now, uh, well, last year it was a bull market, but right now uh, the hype has calmed down a lot. But that is the time we truly start to see who is driven in this industry because someone are motivated, but when the things get hard, they might just quit. That is not only in blockchain industry, it's in any industry. As entrepreneurship, you have to have those, those kind of mentality to go through the difficult times. 
And right now, we are starting to see who is still staying and who what kind of project are shining out. So, in marketing consulting, I、um, help a lot of projects. The thing is, people think ICO is already old times. I mean, I still see a trend moving from ICO to STO in blockchain at this point. But even ICO, if there's allocated token supply in the bear market, you can still sell out because I have experienced that. The reason why it can sell out is the marketing principles from the legacy tech world is still hold true in the young industry in the blockchain space. So the fundamentals: how well are you doing? For example,、um, the block the blockchain project will need something、uh, more like a loyal communities.、Uh, for example, you also need solid design. You need to do the branding right. You also can do the aggressive PR through mainstream media outlets that covers such as events, partnerships, projects, updates. You need to have the right strategy for your content, and also what is your value proposition, what is your、um, execution plan, and also what kind of social media platforms are you going to put your Um, you know, content out there, like how you're going to find the people. These are the times. It's really you have to think clear what works and what doesn't work, and you have to understand why it works and why it doesn't work. And that's how it leads you to where you are now until where you are going to be and when you're. Great stuff. You're hired. Ooh, that was exactly what I was going to be. <laughs> I mean, I know I'm talking with two. Uh, marketing experts. So it, it's you know in the in this industry, there could be a lot of marketers, but I have noticed, and、uh, other people that I have talked to also noticed, is、uh, not many people understand the blockchain and also marketing well yet. But they just jump in and start to do it. I think that is something that slows down the process moving forward too. Yeah, it seems like there's been a lot of hacky marketing stuff going on in the space, and then and then actually, you know, some of the stuff could could be deemed potentially illegal if you know with all these airdrops that were going on, if those are determined to be you know a security token, and they're giving away money, and they're doing. I mean, there's just there's just all these different gray areas within crypto right now, and、uh, that that's definitely for sure. I, I want to ask you about you know. One of the things you talked about very early on on our on our call here about women in blockchain, you know, what is going to be that moment, or what? How are we going to get more women in blockchain? Because, you know, at these conferences, you know, it's eighty percent men at these conferences right now. I mean, that's we've been to a bunch of them, and it's like I've never seen one one crypto conference that's that has more than twenty percent women in it yet. What is it going to take to get women? You know, fully emerged. I know there's a lot of them. That there's a lot of women that are starting to to to、um, really gravitate towards the blockchain and crypto world. How are we going to get more of them? Because in most cases, you know, in most families, the women the woman holds the the purse and makes those big purchasing decisions. And so it would seem to me that something has to be easy for women to be able to spend crypto or something. What do you think the defining moment is to get more women in blockchain and cryptocurrency? I think one thing is the education because for me, I am very interested in high tech, but blockchain specifically, 
I've seen a lot of ups and downs. So the future of the blockchain wasn't unsure at that time. If it wasn't for my friend and my passion with people and also with media, I might not join it right away. But I joined because I had to arrange a blockchain podcast. So for me, it was, you know, like I said earlier, it was like, if you're driven or just motivated, I was driven. So in that case, you, you just jump in and you have to learn everything that you can. And then you realize when you have only one way to do it right, you have to love it. And when you find out you have to love it, then you find the ways to love it. And then you find, oh, I actually really like it because of this and this and that. So if at the beginning, I, I, I don't know anything about it and there wasn't really any driving force, like someone introduced it to me passionately, I might not join right away. Another reason is I think in blockchain, there's a lot of ups and downs. And especially right now, we see the market comes down a lot. I, I, I think that's a positive thing because it means, you know, our society has realized what has been not working out. So we're moving towards what could be working out and we're moving in that direction. So last weekend, there was a conference specifically on STO here in uh, Los Angeles. And there are a lot of fund managers joining and I asked them why they want to join because they have to have a good good projects to invest in. That's how they make money. So if there's anything new going on and it seems like to be the right thing, they still want to learn it. So everyone is passionate about this concept and it's just like how we can do it better. So blockchain in general, because of there's a lot of ups and downs, I mean, to put it in a in, in a hilarious way, it's almost like you know a girl, and if you want to marry with a guy, and the guy's life has a lots of downs. There's a drugs and there's abusive behaviors or whatever, and you look from the side and you're like, oh yeah, I'm a, I want to marry with this guy. I don't think I personally would jump into that you know situation very quickly. So there's a uncertainty in blockchain and. Um, I hopefully we can move, move on fast, you know, in this industry. But when there's a lot of doubts going on, first of all, you probably want to see oh, how this is going to be and where the future is going to be until it gets a little bit clear and you know where you stand for. So that is the time I think a lot more people will jump in. Specifically, I mean, yeah, I see in the female, I see a lot of people want something more stable uh, I'm not speaking for all of them. I think some of the people are still like that, but compared with male, I think the personality-wise has slight difference. That might have something to do with it. It's like, yeah, a crypto goes up one day, it's really high, then it's down the next day. It's like women don't want a man like that. They want, they want a they want a nice steady. You know, yeah, it's not it's not steady enough yet. Maybe Travis, right? Keep it clean, dude. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's like crypto goes up, crypto goes down. It's like. You don't want you don't want that volatility in a relationship. <laughs> I exactly. didn't get any money this month, honey. Exactly. Sorry. All right then. Well, uh, moving right along from that, since I'm seem to be the only one who caught the triple entendre there. Um, so, Annie, you do a lot of community management for some crypto projects, you know, because a, a lot of people in crypto that are highly technical, they might not be not all of them are the most socially <laughs> not awkward type. Right. You know, because technology tends to attract a different uh, breed of intelligence. And so what do you do to help bring about, um, you know, 
community togetherness as you manage? Well, I think in blockchain, the uh, community support is very important um, because uh, one example is in Bitcoin, you can see why it is working. It is not really backed up by any real assets such as gold. I was having a conversation with a friend a while ago who uh, was who is a marketing expert, and he said, maybe we should consider to use a gold to back up you know, the Bitcoin because then it, it just um, makes it more makes the market more stable. Um, but blockchain is the same way. You, you need to have um, community support, and that comes down to the marketing side. Uh, we have seen uh, specifically, like I said, um, the social media platforms. I, I recommend the uh, blockchain projects really pay attention to, because um, in the marketing consulting field, I've seen a lot of projects. And uh, there's a different kind of characters in each project. For example, if your focus is on the um, general public and when someone goes on your Twitter and also Reddit, Facebook and Medium and Instagram, and you have 10 followers, 22 followers, I have seen cases like that. How are you going to build the trust in this digital world? Back in the days, we're still face-to-face, you know, meeting with people and see how it goes. And these days, we're more busy. But before I personally make any purchase, I like to see how the other people review it and think about it. So if you don't get your message out there and if, if you don't tell people why they should connect with you and you don't care if any people is following and even people ask you questions you don't answer, that's not a good sign. Because one person, for example... We have this social behavior. If one person feels this is bad, the message can get, get out to hundreds of people and the friends. You can talk about it, and that's a bad influence. So we want to have the good influence in every project. I've noticed a lot of projects don't care about it because they think they get enough funding and they have enough powerful people to backing up the project. But the fundamental is who is going to buy your product in the long run, where the market is, who is going to share it, you're going to have to find out. And the way for you to find out is actually through the very solid marketing. You care about the content um, strategies. For example, uh, we've seen telegrams in different kind of projects. Um, sometimes they don't, they don't manage, uh, they have a potential to get better. Um, from our experience, there are a variety of strategies to engage the community through reputation bots, Telegram-specific engagement programs, and the regularly scheduled and automated program updates. These are all very um, powerful strategies to use, and we've seen great results. One of the projects that I have been helping on recently is called Deep Cloud AI. So uh, if you're not familiar, if you're in this space and you're still trying um, to think how to do the marketing for your project, you're welcome to take a look at all their social media, including uh, the Twitter, Reddit, Facebook, Medium, and Instagram. Twitter, we, uh, we, we usually use different kinds of strategies for different kinds of platform. Um, Reddit is a little bit uh, interesting because um, um, I was talking with a, a friend in town last week, and she's in media too, so we like to talk about marketing things. And um, we both realized Reddit is 
the, the content for each post, you have to have a very specific strategy. What are you going to do and why it is working and how should you post it? Um, that is the only way how it works on Reddit because 70% of the coding on Reddit is anti-bot, which means whatever you see popular, that is probably really popular. On Twitter, uh, it is very good to get their words out because Twitter is not only limited to a certain region. Um, I have noticed that there is a global movement on Twitter. So whatever that, um, if you get the message out and you plan the time out and the content, everything is good, then it's very likely you're going to gain the uh, global support from the Twitter. I wouldn't say very easily, but it's, as long as your strategy is right and it's clear, uh, the message is very clear and you have a very good scene for the people to take a look at, that is the time you start to notice uh, you grow follower just like viral every day. Very nice. I want to actually talk about this, this cross-pollination that you have with blockchain. You also arrange AI and data science conferences. So you're working with a lot of people in the, the, the AI and data science field. Is there any projects that you've seen that are sort of utilizing all of them, like utilizing blockchain and AI and, and data science? Is there any stuff that you see that's developing or emerging from all three of those categories? That is a very interesting topic because uh, the projects that I just use as an example, Deep Cloud AI, this is a project that it combines um, AI, IoT, blockchain, and cloud computing and also ICO, or I would call that blockchain, together. So this project has gained a lot of attention because it's not only one thing, it's a combination of usage of a lot of things. Um, I spoke with the number one voice to follow, uh, tech, tech voice to follow in uh, on LinkedIn. Uh, his name is um, Ahmed Banatha a while ago. He shared a very interesting explanation on this. So AI thinks, IoT feels, and the blockchain remembers. So when you have a project that is a combination of all these things. Could you say that again? You said AI, AI, AI thinks, IoT feels, uh-huh. and the blockchain remembers. So when you think about the wow, human I brain function is you have the thinking function and you also have emotions you feel. And also all the cells in your brain, it connects and builds a network so it remembers things. So when a project is like that, it's a combination of use of all the advanced technology and it has a very solid use cases. And I already starting to build a partnership. I would say even in the bear market, it has a very good potential because I have talked with some of my investor friends and um, the, the, the perspective is the same from what my perspective, you know, from my side. I want to ask also, but before we wrap this up, I want to ask, you, you, you're Chinese, correct? Yes, I'm Chinese. You, you were yes, born I'm in Chinese. China, correct? Um, I lived in China. Mm-hmm. So one thing that we're seeing and we're having come. We're having conversations around, we're seeing this, is, you know, China now has this social credit scoring system, and there's a lot of censorship and stuff that's going on in China. And now recently, this past week, China, uh, China's company Tencent uh, did a $150 million investment in Reddit. And so there's a lot of people on Reddit that are freaking out, thinking that there's going to be more censorship on that particular platform. Now, from from talking from your perspective as a Chinese citizen, uh, you know, what 
you know, I think a lot of people are scared because they're seeing on Twitter, they're seeing people being deplatformed on Twitter, they're seeing people being deplatformed on on YouTube and demonetized, and in, in some cases, like Alex Jones and some of these other folks, just completely taken off the internet. Not only taken off the internet, but then also their payment processing companies eliminating them. So is that is that a problem that you, that you see more so in China or more so is, is happening more in America? And maybe can blockchain solve that problem? Maybe uh, I thought about that too.、Uh, but last week I actually watched a movie in AMC, and、uh, maybe you、uh, haven't paid that much attention to it, or maybe you already know. AMC was actually bought by a Chinese company, so typically it's a Chinese、mm-hmm. thing. <laughs> but when you go to AMC and watch movies, do you feel anything different? Then you go to another movie theater. Is the movie something like only Chinese or is only like Asian? Like you have to see something that you don't like. I I, just, I don't know if there's like a, a narrative that's going to be. It may not be playing out yet. They might just be setting the foundations for censorship in different areas where it's not playing out yet. I I don't notice a difference. You know, going to any movie theater currently, they all seem the same. They're all pitching the same. Crappy movies. <laughs> It's like all these movies are they're, they're redoing movies that were done before. It seems like most of the time, so creativity is. But that's a different conversation. But no, I don't feel a difference now. But maybe in the future we will. I, I'm starting to see more of a trend of these big social media sites censoring more so, kind of like China has been doing, right? And that, that's to me as freedom of speech in, in America. That's well,、um, I lived in China and also Japan and. I tra- also traveled globally a little bit. Chinese overseas investment is has been developed much later than the other countries, but we're trying to, you know, speed up.、Mm-hmm. When you first begin, it's just like in blockchain, you're trying it out and also see what is working and what is not working. And this comes back to the question about、uh, marketing, similar in blockchain, you. Really have to understand about your audience and what the message is, and how the other people think about it, and just to get some feedback and then improve until, you know, it, even in the、um, because I'm helping a lot of、uh, you know startups、um, doing the fundraise, not doing the fundraising, but I help them communicate with the investors too. So there's a one strategy how you can、um, get the funding easier is. You never ask for the money. You ask for the feedback. When you ask for the feedback, is actually building a communication with the other party, and you figure out why and what exactly the other party is thinking, and then you can make the smooth improvement based on the other people's expectation. Because in marketing,、um, in my perspective, I think what it sells is not because you sell out yourself. It's because you sell. Part of yourself, but it also has a very good connection with what the other party needs. Only in that way itself. So that is why we've also seen in marketing a movement from the push marketing to pull marketing. We've seen a lot of back in the days.、Uh, Um, you know when you do the cold call, and at that time, a lot of people still pick up the call. These days, they don't pick up anymore. So the marketing has a trend moving from the push market, like I want to push you to buy it, I tell you everything how good it is. Until today, we've seen a lot of shared economy. You know, the other way is a 
pool marketing. So I show you the expertise. I show you everything, why I'm good at it and how I'm good at it. And then you decide if that's a good fit with you. So it's easier for people to um, choose that way and they feel like they have the freedom and it's easier to accept. I would say that's more advanced marketing strategy. So in the investment, it's a larger area, but the fundamental, I think, is the same. If you have a good connection with your potential buyers and the market, and that takes time for the marketing research and also to really practice. One of my mentors is a marketing expert, and uh, I learned a lot from him. And he said, it's really trial and errors. Even if you understand the fundamentals, it still takes time to see what works and what doesn't work. And in certain groups, it might have a different taste. You just never know. Hey, Travis, I was going to ask you for uh, to loan me some Bitcoin, but instead I'm going to ask you for feedback. Oh, that's good. I like that. That's a good way to open up dialogue and get communication going. <laughs> hey, Annie, is there a website that you want people to visit you at? Blockchain is a relatively new industry, so uh, a lot of people are still trying to learn about it. And um, I have a blockchain podcast on Castbox.fm. It's called Blockchain Inside. So you can find it. You can find if you're curious about blockchain and what blockchain is and uh, a different kind of perspective in this industry. I think that is a good start. Is it also available on iTunes and others or just, just on Castbox? Castbox. Castbox has a very, uh, they're actually implementing blockchain too. Interesting thing is they put all the podcasts mm-hmm. on the blockchain. So it's very clear about the intellectual property, who, you know, which one belongs to who. Um, and also I encourage you to uh, connect with me uh, with email address. My email address is Annie at Luna Digital Assets. It's A-N-N-I-E at L-U-N-A-R-D-I-G-I-T-A-L-A-S-S-E-T-S.com. Or you can um, come to our website because we have a lot of resources on the uh, blockchain marketing perspective. And I'm also on on LinkedIn very often. So if you have any questions, um, you're not very clear about the blockchain marketing or just the blockchain blockchain in general, um, I would like to connect. Even um, some of the projects, it just, you know, I'm, I'm not looking for anyone to pay me to do anything. I'm just passionate about people. So as long as you, you want to talk to me, I'm just very happy. I would I I share, you know, very good. And I just registered solardigitalassets.com. So like now we're, now we're competitors. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Anna yeah. Chi, thank you so much for putting up with Travis Wright <laughs> and uh, for joining us today. We do appreciate it. Thank you. It's a pleasure talking with you. Thanks, Annie, for that great interview. We do appreciate you. Get Make sure you guys go check out her stuff. So I got a surprise uh, this last week, Mr. Travis Wright. Uh-oh. Yeah. No, it was a good surprise. I, okay, uh, okay. I got, I got tweeted by, uh, tagged in a tweet from a guy named Money underscore Alada on Twitter. And uh, links to this and the images of what I'm about to tell you are in the show notes at badco.in forward slash 256. Uh, this guy is full-time staff at John McAfee's talent team. And McAfee tweeted about this. He says that the McAfee talent team is people get to do whatever they want to do. And this guy thought it would be fun to make a series of 
um, creations, a gallery of if my life was a movie for people in the crypto space. And I'm incredibly honored, Mr. Travis Wright, because he chose me first to do uh, an image, a poster, a movie poster. Why Why on earth would they choose you first? I have no freaking idea. Uh, but I, they've done 10 as of now, uh, including Jameson Lopp and uh, Justin Wu, Roger Veer, the Winklevi. If you'll go to the show notes and click the link and just scroll through McAfee's feed, you'll see all the ones that he's done. But this dude without any prompting or questions to me, or even, you know, we don't even know each other, captured my essence on this image. It is, you know, I'm all about do good stuff and I'm all about fun and, and uh, having a good time. And I'm about the cryptos. And he made this, if my life was a movie and the, the movie is called good vibes and mm-hmm. it's got one of my favorite photos of me with my dark suit and sunglasses that I'm pulling down, you know, so you can look over them. And it's got like me in the cockpit of this plane flying through this magical wonderland of flying pigs, Twitter birds, unicorns, and cryptos. So cool. And mine, um, there, there's none. There's not one for me. So not yet. There's not. Not yet. But also, what I thought was funny because we we're going back and forth on this is that. I did get included in a top 100 power blockchain list at number 21. And Mr. Joel Kahn was not on that list. So suck it, Mr. Joel Kahn. I am not on that list, but that that (laughs) list is a complete BS list. Hey, man, just because one guy thinks I'm the number 21 person in blockchain, that makes it the power blockchain list, Mr. Joel Kahn. Now, if I remember once upon a time, you were number one on a list. Hey, you know what? You did put me on a list back in 2017. And see, you were trying to brown nose me, so I would do a podcast with you. Yeah, I did. I that, was, even, that was months before we did a podcast. That's right. I had no idea. In fact, I'm going to link to that blog post because I wanted to make fun of all of these crazy lists, which they're not accurate. They're just, they're, they're link bait. We all know they're link bait. And that's fine, you know, to try to rate somebody's influence in a space based on a list is just um, is pretty ridiculous. But I'll link to the one because I said I decided to make a top 50 marketers list and it was based on no data other than these are the people I like. It worked as link bait because everybody who was in it, you know, they, they linked to it. Yeah, that's so good. You know, there are some lists that actually include some data and they spend time, you know, doing some analysis on things. I mean, there's some really great tools out there that, you know, like Affinio, A-F-F-I-N-I-O is a tool that really goes out and, and sees what kind of influence you actually have. And and then Brand24 did one that was like a 39-page report uh, that had a lot of research in it. And there was reasoning for it based on the engagements that people get, et cetera, et cetera. But it really doesn't show necessarily influence because, you know, sometimes people go out there and get a lot of followers and just put out content that's not necessarily marketing related but it's engaging and so does that make them a more a better marketer don't know right but uh so some of them that have that have you know research behind them those are better than the ones that people just arbitrarily pull out of thin air which most right of so i actually are. i found my link and uh here's what i wrote about you in 2017 travis wright he's an author he's a marketer he's a columnist he's a podcaster he's a technologist he's a speaker he's a consultant good grief what doesn't Travis do? He goes by the name T-Dub to many of his friends, but most of all, he's just a super nice nerd who is as passionate about tech, digital, and social as I am. He also likes people, especially people with a digital sense of humor. 
This was posted, Travis, on May 3rd, 2017, two months before we decided to create the show. Very nice. You were trying to kiss that ass so we could do a podcast. I know now. I was a little pre. I was a little pre podcast ass kissing. Nice, nicely done. You know what I just realized is that um, I did one of these lists in 2015 and one in 2017. I think it's time for me to to update it for 2019 and have a different method for uh, you know who I pick. And it's not going to be any of the same people I've picked before. So you just fell off the list. Oh man, I just, I just, I just, I just literally plummeted. You yeah. should put all the names in a hat and then draw them out and be like, oh, my number that's one influence for this that's year. That's super funny. That's actually a great idea. But you should make, a, make I, a video of it while you're doing it. Here's my completely, my supreme methodology for this. I love it. Hey, thanks for listening to the Bad Crypto Podcast. We appreciate you all. And you influence us uh, because if you didn't listen to the show and if you didn't email us and give us your feedback and stop us in airports and say, hey, Travis and Joel, or, you know, or all the things that you do, then why would we be here at all doing this? And so thank you. we would have stopped this show a long time ago. Yeah, huh? We would have been we, we, we just gone back to our conversations, our private conversations. Actually, maybe maybe we'll just roll tape all the time and we can call a, a third podcast Bad Conversations. Mm-hmm. With Travis and Joel. And it's just all the crap that we talk about that'll offend half the people out there. You know, most of that podcast would be, Travis, you need an assistant. <laughs> <laughs> if anybody out there wants to volunteer to help keep Mr. Travis Wright on schedule, write us at badcryptopodcast <laughs> at gmail.com. And let us know, and you can email him when he has an appointment and tell him, Travis, mm-hmm. stay bad. Who's bad? The Bad Crypto Podcast is a production of Bad Crypto LLC. The content of the show, the videos, and the website is provided for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only. It's not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice of any kind. You shouldn't make any decisions as to finances, investing, trading, or anything else based on this information without undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional financial advisor. Please understand that the trading of Bitcoin's and alternative cryptocurrencies have potential risks involved. Anyone wishing to invest in any of the currencies or tokens mentioned on this podcast should first seek their own independent professional financial advisor.